The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I just want to wish a warm welcome, a really warm welcome to everybody. What a, what a delight it is uh, for the four of us, David, Kim, Ying, and I, to, uh, to share this with uh, other people. We used to meet on Zoom meetings years ago. We would start and we just started talking about the suttas and we just loved it so much. and It was so meaningful for us. We just eventually said we should share this with other people. And here we are. And here we are. So those of you who don't know me, I'm Diana Clark. And maybe I'll pass it on to one of my co-teachers here. Yeah, I'll say a few words and just really happy to see uh, so many of you uh, being enthusiastic about this, like Diana is saying that we had a passion for this collection. And I think one of the things that I was reflecting is also how much um, this text has been part of our life in many different ways, the Dharma life. Uh, we do hope that this can become a, a stream of life um, uh, in you as well. So uh, enjoy. I, I guess I'll follow. Uh, and just again, uh, echo, uh, echo Ying and Diana's welcome. And maybe um, sort of uh, add a little something to what Ying said, which is the, the general frame we've created for this sharing that Diana mentioned is this idea of study and practice. We found that our study was such a rich support for practice and such an inspiration for practice that we wanted to share that. And we're going to try to maintain that even in this kind of different presentation uh, about the Pali Canon, looking for ways that help all of us <laughs> um, find inspiration and support for our practices in knowing something more about the way all these texts are held together, um, you know, cobbled together uh, over, over uh, a couple thousand years. So anyway, welcome. Looking forward to it. Kim. Okay, great. So um, I don't have much to add to the passion and the study and practice comments. I share all of those. I guess I would maybe just say um, to enter with the idea that you might uh, find something over the next two sessions, something surprising or interesting that you didn't know about the texts and maybe to have the intention in the background of discovering a new angle on them uh, that maybe you hadn't seen before, whatever that may be. I'm also um, uh, asked to give a sort of a summary since we have so many of us here, we can't all introduce ourselves, but uh, we do read your registration forms and uh, it was a delight to see all of your interest and inspiration and comments. So I just wanted to say that we have um, people registered from seven countries and 21 US states. So that's quite amazing. Um, a wide range of uh, sutta background from, I've heard of these things, but haven't really, don't really know where they come from or what they are, all the way up to, you know, I've studied these for years and they're foundation of my practice, but I always want to learn more. So 
I think that'll make the breakout groups very rich, uh, this wide range. And then as far as what people are inspired by or comments that they wrote in those sort of free questions we have at the end, some people find the suttas a little bit challenging or intimidating, and they want to learn how to approach them. And um, some people love the suttas, but want a more solid foundation. We also learned um, that many people have heard a lot about the texts or heard them quoted in Dharma talks and have now gotten interested in going back to the sources themselves, which is a wonderful um, wish to have in practice. And then um, what else did we find? Some people are wanting to learn more how to incorporate study into practice. Some people just enjoy engaging with the Buddhist teachings and particularly with other people. So this will also provide in this class a chance to talk about these texts with others. And you may not have a situation where you live where you can easily get together with others and discuss these texts. Your friends may think you're a little weird that you're interested in them. So um, here are some other weird people that we can join with on that. And, um, you know, some folks are just curious. So whatever it is that's bringing you here it was the right thing. I always trust that everybody who shows up is exactly the right set of people. And so let's, let's go forward. So Ying. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, uh, Kim, for that summary. It just uh, warms my heart to know that uh, there are so many of us that have um, uh, Maybe some longing in our heart <laughs> for this. Um, so as we began this course, I wanted to point out that uh, today is a full moon observation day. And well, you know, between 23rd of July and 24th, uh, somewhere in between, uh, there's a full moon here uh, in the Theravada Buddhist tradition. The full moon day is called uh, Upasasha Day. On this day, um, practitioners, whether they're monastics or lay, would dedicate themselves um, to the Dharma practice. And often they, um, people in the uh, Buddhist countries, uh, lay people might go to the monasteries to make offering and practice together alongside with the monastics. And this is an ancient tradition, um, you know, all the way back several thousand years. And this is a tradition that is still held even today in lots of um, um, Buddhist countries and some parts of the Western world. And I'm aware that, uh, for example, Abhayagiri Monastery, one of the Theravada monasteries today would have a um, Upasasha Observation Day. And so in some ways, um, as we're gathering together, we're honoring this tradition by learning and practicing Dharma together. And so this is a, a real blessing, quite a precious uh, for us to do that. And I say a few words about this particular July full moon day, and that is called uh, um, I can't pronounce it properly, probably Asaha Puja Day. And this is some, sometimes called uh, which commemorates uh, the Buddha's first sermon 
the first teaching to his first five disciples. And through this teaching, uh, one of the five um, disciples um, was said to have opened to have opened his Dharma eyes by seeing the Dharma for himself. This may seem like a too much information for now, but it's relevant to this course um, entering the world of the Pali Canon. Without uh, the Buddha's teachings and his disciples' teachings, or without the Buddha beginning his teaching uh, in this way, there would not be this Pali Canon. And so I feel just um, this heartfelt gratitude um, that we're able to gather together on this quite auspicious day. Um, doesn't mean that tomorrow is not special, but, <laughs> but it, it does have some significance um, in this. And so this leads me to um, what, I, uh, what I'm about to share with you, uh, which is an overview of what we will be offering in this next two classes today and next Saturday. And one way to relate to uh, this teaching um, that the four of us will be offering uh, is that this is um, can be considered as the gifts that this teaching wish to pass along to you. And these gifts have um, ancient roots from the times of the Buddha and his disciples. And these gifts were transmitted passed down from warm hearts to warm hearts in many different forms. Um, recitation, uh, text on palm leaves, which you will see uh, some of this, and the translations, many different forms of translations. And so this is what we call the world of the Pali Canon. I wanted to share a story that I heard uh, Bhante Sujato um, shared this when he was uh, uh, here in Insight Meditation Center a few years ago. Um, and he shared about um, how he translated um, Pali Canon text into English. He's one of the prominent translators of the Pali Canon text um, in the modern days. And you'll probably get a little exposure in this course and he said that uh, for a few years, he stayed all by himself on an island of Taiwan. I may have missed, um, mismemorized the location, but he stayed all by himself uh, in, this, in his little kuti for a few years uh, with just alms, food, uh, alms ball, uh, ropes, and the laptop for sure, <laughs> and few basic possessions. And um, he just um, poured his heart out with this um, basic possessions, um, basic living condition, and did the bulk of the translation. I was very touched by this story. And often when I, I read the translations, uh, Sutta Central, I have this image of him. Uh, sitting in his, his tiny kuti uh, doing the translation and that I'm reading right now. 
And so I feel the presence of a warm hearts and many warm hearts um, before our times. And so those beings open the, the door uh, for us uh, to be able to access uh, this miraculous world. As we enter into this world, um, you may begin to realize, as some of you already mentioned in your um, comment, that this world seemed uh, very, very rich and sometimes complex and archaic and can be quite daunting, disorienting uh, to navigate. So in this course, um, we hope that we can offer some uh, historical context. Um, we'll share some maps and structures uh, for uh, everyone to navigate some of these collections. And we'll also share some tools that you can use to look up teachings like the Buddha's first sermon. Um, you know, where is it located in the ocean of the suttas? And how do I find that sutta? Um, and then we'll also offer some resources that may be helpful for your own navigation. And so that's one aspect of what we would like to share uh, in this next two sessions. And then the other thing that we hope to convey is as you begin to dive into these words, we're hoping that you begin to find your own ways in relating to this text. Maybe in ways that are quite humbling and human. But we can find ourselves in the text somehow. And for me, reading this text often has a timeless quality in them. And so the, the path of combining uh, study and practice is quite rich. Um, in this course, so we'll also share some perspectives on how text can become part of one's practice and how they can uh, flow into or guide or inform and maybe nourishing and nourish our Dharma practice and Dharma life. And I wanted to maybe end um, by sharing uh, a few words that Bhikkhu Bodhi uh, shared in uh, his interview with Inquiring Mind uh, back in 2006. And so he spoke about this relationship between uh, studying and practicing. And so he said this, knowledge without practical application is barren. Vigorous meditation practice without the guiding light of a clear conceptual understanding is futile. Without knowledge of the text, I fear within a couple of generations, a practice tradition will easily become diluted, chewed up, and digested by the culture, especially when the culture is a theistic or a materialistic one. I was very uh, touched by uh, this um, statement and that a venerable Bhikkhu Bodhi shared. Um, this may land in different ways uh, in your heart, in your mind. 
Um, but for me, what evokes is that maybe this endeavor of studying and practicing with the Pali Canon is um, not only for the benefit of our own Dharma practice and Dharma life, but it's also for the benefit of many practitioners and maybe even many practitioners in the future generations. So may this course bring much peace, happiness and to everyone and um, uh, to the whole world. So thank you. I'll pass it on to David. Thank you, Ying. Yeah. Um, so we'd like to begin by um, uh, going into some small breakout groups and uh, just meeting ourselves. One aspect of this practice, and you see it throughout the canon, is that this is practice that we, we do in community. And uh, even when we do it alone, it's enriched by the community of practice that supports it. We'd like you to explore two questions uh, in, in any order. These are questions. They don't have to be treated in order. But if each of one of the three or four of you that encounter one another in a breakout room could say something about what's your inspiration for taking this class? And a second question, do you have some burning question about the Pali Canon that brought you to the class? Maybe, maybe just one of the two of these is relevant, but either one of these, and I'll paste them into the chat. Uh, either one of these questions or both of them will, I think, give a way for you to uh, get to know one another, find that, find that supportive community, and uh, maybe hear other people's intentions uh, as a way of sharing, opening the heart, unburdening the heart of, of practice. So this is a, a largely a listening exercise. You might just sort of share a little bit about an inspiration, hear what others say, see how that informs your, your sense of uh, your own inspiration or orientation. And we'll have um, 15 minutes for this. So, you know, you might go around in circles, share a few things and, uh, you know, share it equally among you get to know one another, some other people who Kim used maybe an unfortunate word in describing us. I don't know. I wouldn't say we're weird. I would say we're um, odd. No, I wouldn't say we're odd or weird. I would say, you know, there's certain inspiration and maybe some burning questions that bring us together today and next week. And you know, these questions will help unpack those a little bit for one another. So anyway, enjoy, enjoy each other's company and uh, enjoy sort of beginning the class with touching in with our inspiration for practice. Diana. Okay, great. Here we go. So welcome back. And I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Um, we find this connection to one another in our practice to be so rich. And just be in the spirit of that, it would be lovely if a few people, not necessarily spokespersons for the various breakout rooms, but just anybody who feels so moved, would share a little bit of what came up by way of inspiration or burning questions. We'd, we'd love to share in the inspiration. And if there are any burning questions, we'd, we'd love to get a sense of what those are, uh, if there are any. 
And go ahead and raise your Zoom hand. I think most people here know how to do that. We are, there are many of us, so we may not see a hand waved on the fourth screen. So it'd be great if you could use your, your Zoom hand to indicate you'd like to add something into our mix. Who would like to share uh, some inspiration or, and or a burning question that came up in your group, either offered by yourself or by one of your, one of your companions? waiting for a brave soul to raise their hand. There's somebody. And by the way, just while waiting for others, you know, there are various ways to raise your hand in Zoom. Um, You can click in the three dots to the right of your picture. You can go to reactions uh, down in the lower right of the control panel, which comes into view when you move the cursor around. And you can also do it from the participants area. Um, And there may be other ways. It depends on which version of Zoom, et cetera. Okay, but we've got a couple brave souls who've raised their hands. We'll start with Will. Unmute if you would, Will. And yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah, one thing that came up is we were struck by Ying's comment about the ocean. And so figuring out where to begin in the ocean, right? You know, getting a con- an idea of what the ocean looks like, but then yeah. where is a good place to begin? And then yeah. a personal question that I have is how to use the poly to English dictionary. Somebody sent me one. I, I enter the word, you know, like dukkha, but it doesn't give me a definition of dukkha, you know. Great. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, yeah. that's a tool I personally would be interested in knowing how to use. So. The four of us may comment as you share inspiration. And uh, I, I said, I used the phrase brave soul. I didn't know that Will had been trying to find Duca in a, in a Polynesian <laughs> dictionary. And hey, brave to uh, even attempt. We can help. Uh, we can't solve the problem of the Poly English dictionaries that are out there, but we can, we can help. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's, it, it's a lovely metaphor that you provided of an ocean and, you know, sort of knowing two things, you know, which ocean do I want to be in and, you know, how, how to swim uh, in this ocean. I think, again, there we can, we can provide some, some guidance. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Sandy. Um, two of the four people in my group, uh, including me, are members of Kim's weekly Suda study class. And so we spent some time discussing that. Um, and talking about what we've gotten out of it and the value of having a, a really knowledgeable teacher uh, to, to lead you in, in sutta study because there are a lot of depths of meaning. And um, I think some teachers perhaps might, might not have as much background as others in terms of understanding uh, both the, the original Pali and, and the context. So... Uh, uh, for those of us who've had that kind of study, um, in Kim's class, we study things at a very kind of careful, granular level. Um, and I think almost everyone here probably is looking for extra insight in terms of the overall structure, the high-level view of things. Great. Very useful. Useful for us, useful for others. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sandy. Shawnee. Hi, um, this is a personal question. Um, I'm super new to all of this, so so bear that in mind. Um, I guess I'm really wondering about like who wrote these things and how is it affected by 
patriarchy over over time and how do we hold that um yeah big yeah. question but at top appreciate of mind. it appreciate it i was a little worried when you said personal question because i was thinking how much do i want to reveal here um but yeah, those are those are great questions, and we will touch upon some of those things. And we'll also, in this class and also in all our classes, we're really trying to, I think it's important for all of us to bring forward voices in the, in the suttas and uh, elsewhere in the canon that are quiet, that we don't hear as much, um, and uh, learn from them, uh, you know, something deeper and richer about the social context and the political context and cultural context that produced these, these teachings in the form of these texts. Thank you. Any other uh, inspirational, uh, um, uh, uh, inspirational comments or burning questions? Oh, good. Carlota. Oh, please unmute. Thank Hello. You. Good morning. And thank, thank you for offering this. So my question is, this is a collection in the Theravada school. Are there more collections that maybe has the same name or, or similar name like Pali, uh, like Pali canon in other traditions? Great question. We will, we will address some of that. Indeed, there are, there are, there are several canons. And there are canons that we only have hints of in the historical record, and we assume there are canons of which we know nothing. So we'll get to that. Very good question. Appreciate it. Um, I never know which order hands have come up in. I'm going to just touch on them all. Winnie. Uh, hi, my question is, um, how is the Panic Canon related to other sutras like the Diamond Sutra or the Lotus Sutra? Um, or any other sutras um, that uh, I've, I've read through my practice, which is uh, Zen Buddhism? Yeah. Good. Great question, Winnie. Appreciate it. <clears throat> we'll touch upon that probably very lightly. We focus here on the Pali Canon and, you know, the Theravadan tradition that it, that it, uh, you know, that it's most closely associated with. But indeed, we'll we'll talk uh, at least mention sort of some of the origins of those later, um, uh, more literary um, sutras. Bill, uh, just to reiterate a little bit that has been said already, um, uh, I'm interested in the historical background. Uh, when were the suttas written? How do we know how old uh, the material is? Um, um, I've read a few books on historiography of Christianity. I find it completely fascinating. Um, so um, uh, I like that kind of uh, um, study. Uh, I know it'll be a kind of a tension or um, with, with with the actual teachings of the Pali Canon. So I don't want to take away yeah. from that, but th that's an interest of mine. Yeah. No, and I think it, for me, that question dovetails very nicely, Bill, with the question uh, asked just a moment ago by Shani. That is, you know, these, as we study the origins of these texts and the, 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 the teachings, the currents of the teachings within them, we can't help but be reminded how human uh, their creation and their transmission and their um, protection and sharing is, and those are rich aspects of, of 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 exploring it. So, thank you for that. 
Thank you. And we'll definitely, we'll be touching on that for sure. And then possibly final question from um, Henry. Uh, and then we'll, and then we'll get into some of these questions. So uh, there's a lot of questions, but my question would be how, how okay is it to interpret the text? Like what is the range? I, I have a tendency to be like really interpretive with the text. So how, how, how yeah. much wiggle room is there? Yeah, that's great. I find that both, a question, uh, you know, something about inspiration in there and a question of, you know, kind of a burning question. And I think, I think uh, within, you know, we'll talk quite a bit about translation. And in a sense, we all do our own translations. You know, we work it into mm-hmm. our own individual language of practice, which is part of a part of making these practices, making this practice our own. Um, so we'll, 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 we'll touch on that in several different ways. We'll compare a couple translations and we'll, um, you know, we'll talk uh, about some of that sort of how free can we be in finding these, uh, finding this path to freedom. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to suggest that we move on. I asked uh, anybody else who had questions to just hold on to them. We'll, we'll have time. I, I, I want to make this transition about these questions Think of these, if you have a burning question, keep them close during the, uh, during the class and sort of make sure that you get an answer or that you keep uh, engaging with that question. We're happy to keep returning to these. And likewise, your inspiration, hold it close as we continue. Um, keep, keep the inspiration uh, as sort of a, um, what do I want to say? A leitmotif, <laughs> a, uh, a, you know, a, a, a reminder of, um, uh, of your passion for the practice as we engage with the with the poly cannon. Kim, over to you. 